Happy November, everybody. It's Dr. Amanda White here on Thursday, the 1st of November. And it's Dr. Nelson Mahia, and welcome to Count Me In, a weekly podcast um, that provides an accounting perspective on business news from Australia and around the world. Two weeks in a row, we've, yes. got, the, we've got the intro we've on the first go. <laughs> So, in our last episode, we talked about how we're on a, a very gentle decline in the market. Yes. And then we sort of jinxed. I'd yeah. say it's us. We jinxed it's the market. Not too gentle. Because on, on Friday, the, after, yeah. the Friday we had a roller coaster decline. Nelson, tell us about what happened at the end of last week, just before we all went off for the weekend. Oh, we had this uh, massive market sort of decline that basically came out of nowhere. Like, we, we didn't see it. Like, I mean, in the US, things weren't looking too good, but then it really hit, Austra- uh, hit the Australian stock market quite hard. So it was, um, yeah, pretty surprising. But you know, gold is down a bit. Yeah, so why don't I sort of talk through the fundamentals for this particular mm-hmm. week, and we can go into the specifics. Um, so gold this week is down, surprisingly. Um, it's currently trading at 1707 Australian dollars per ounce. So it's lost about $9.00. Uh, the Australian dollar is a bit stronger this week against the US dollar. So one Australian dollar buys 71.28 US cents. Oil is up also. Um, we don't sell at the petrol pump this week. <laughs> yes. It's uh, it's trading at about 79.97 cents. Um, up, yeah, about $2 from last week. And the All Lords is trading lower than last week. Uh, but it's improved a little since we last spoke. So we, we had a big decline yeah. and then it gained a little bit of it back. It gained a bit, bit of it back with better than expected results out of the US. So it's currently trading at 5,911.9. If you remember last week, it was at 5,926. Oh, I keep those numbers in my head all the time. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're, we're down about 15 points. In aggregate, and so Friday was was definitely you know we saw billions mark wiped yeah, off the market on Friday, about fifty billion, or something and like that, just, just... you know imagine fifty billion the size of that. Yeah, what is causing all of this instability? Where we think you know we're in a gentle decline, and then we get a big dive, a bit of a recovery. It's looking like the market feels like there's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, in, it seems like investors are scared. Um, especially with the current sort of climate politically uh, in the US. Mm-hmm. Um, with the midterm elections coming up um, in the US, they're expecting the Democrat... Trade war, yeah, the caravan. The caravan, but the caravan's like oh, two months away. The caravan, it's yes. So Donald away. Trump is like, the caravan is here and the caravan oh, it's, is it's full of people, door, you know, yeah. it's, it's gangsters. It's f- gangsters. And, and, yeah, and yeah, no. It's sending five... Crimes. I can't remember if it's 5,800 or 8,500 troops military troops to the border to stop at a thousand and i'm like well what are they going to do for two months while they wait for people to get here just sit at the border waiting around it was definitely a marketing move because like there's no need for that kind of like firepower fox news doesn't help so fox news is very much scaremongering and there was a guy on fox news and he must be the only reasonable person on fox news that went crazy uh, on twitter shepherd smith i think is it that's the guy and he said 
This is no danger. There is no danger. There is no danger. Only, yeah. There are people, they walk eight hours a day. How fast can a thousand uh, people yeah. move at eight hours a day? Exactly. And they're thousands <laughs> of miles away. <laughs> so, so they're not going to turn up to, to vote at the midterms. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. sure. But yeah, oh, and, and there was that interview that they did, right? It, was, it, it had like this sort of Top Gun-esque sort of feel. They're at like the border wall and the, and the both the interviews, like, like the interview and the interview were like wearing sunglasses, staring out into the hot... <laughs> You know, <laughs> desert sun. Waiting for two months. Waiting for two months. Um, for the where Im- these people might, you know, I think... So this happened a couple of years ago where, you know, these people, rather than paying a people smuggler to try and get them across mm. you know, various countries, they band together, they yep. walk, there's security in numbers. Yep. And the last time that this happened a few years ago, um, and I believe Obama was still president at the time, yep. they processed... You know, they looked at a whole lot of eligibility yeah. for people, yeah. and I believe there were 14 arrests. That was it, out yep. of the thousands of people. Yep. Yep. And the people who were eligible for asylum were processed yep. and accepted into the United States. Yeah, there's no riots. There's no there, riots there's, at all. There's no craziness going on. Yeah, um, but which, it's it's basic politicizing here. That um, and it's, it's so happening. frustrating that it is now acceptable to lie and tell mistruths, and we don't get angry about that. Or I guess Democrats and the rest of the world get angry about that, but how Americans don't get angry about that, I don't know. Or I don't know what it is. What do Republicans who have voted this way and agree with Donald Trump, is there there changing their minds? I don't think so. Again, the media, like, you know... This is the value of... Like, imagine if we'd voted Kanye in as president. God. Like, you know, we used to say Donald Trump is president as a joke. And I do, yes. in, in some of my older lectures, back in 2016, in autumn 2016, so this was before, so he was voted he in as president in, nom- in November, November. Um, and he was running as the nominee, I talked about management integrity, and I said, okay, well, what if you had somebody, a CEO who lied on a regular basis, who'd been accused of sexual assault on a regular basis, you know, in a number of times, who'd paid off people um, yep. to keep allegations quiet? Yep. What would we expect about this person as a CEO or as an executive? Yes. Do we think they have integrity? And students overwhelmingly said no. And I said, this is a person who's trying to become president of the United States. Yep. And we used to think that it would never happen. And here we are. In a modern right. age where Jeez social later. media, yeah. you know, creates a mouthpiece for everybody. Yep. And this is just a whole lot of instability. And I wonder whether we would have this same level of instability yep. if we held people to account for what they said. Yeah, I guess there is no... There's no crystal ball. There's no crystal ball. There's no way of enforcing <laughs> a lie because they can simply say that it wasn't meant to be taken seriously. There is... Basically, no way around this. So yes, I, I'm I've, glad we're not at that point in Australian politics. Uh, no, yet. but we're not getting too far off. Yeah, I, I think most people still believe that there is still some integrity. I think. Yeah, that there's still some it's, integrity, it's, it's and waning. hopefully, we still hold people to account. Yes. But, okay, absolutely. so we got off topic. Yeah, we're off topic. So <laughs> we got off topic. I, I I listened to um Pod Save America and Pod Save the World, which okay. is. The, some guys who used to work for the Obama administration now have a podcast. I think oh, it reaches cool. like 340 million people. Okay. A few more than us. A few more than us. We had, I think we cracked 40 listeners last week, so oh, that's pretty cool. Um, so I need to stop getting so worked up about this. <laughs> but uh, one of the newspaper articles I saw was that you're a lot poorer this week. 
Yeah. Because of the stock market yep. crash. Yep. Are we really com. poorer? Um, funnily enough, no. Because it's... <laughs> I still have the same amount of money in my bank account. Yeah, your bank account hasn't changed. Unless your bank has gone bankrupt since. I don't think your actual cash that you you ha- hang on to is going to is changing. Um, but the stock market is doing a lot worse. And the stock prices are down. So obviously affects um, us as individuals in two ways. One, um, lower stock prices. Mm-hmm. So if you own stocks, the value of a, them is they're gone, worth yeah. a little less right now. The fair value. So the I guess there's two different types of value. So we ju- I just want to clarify this. You have your book value, mm-hmm. which is the value that you originally buy something at. Your yep. historical cost, which yep. is what all accounting is based on. Yep. And then you have the fair value. Yep. What's the fair value? The fair value is what it's worth on the market to someone else. To someone else if we sold it today. Yes, at arm length transaction, this is what it's worth. But the fair value isn't necessarily what it's going to be worth tomorrow. No, because that changes. Or six months from now. Or 12 months from now. Absolutely. It changes. So why do we use historical cost in accounting rather than fair value? Well, historical cost is more accurate. Okay. Quite simply, it's what you buy it for. Because (laughs) the market value, it's so volatile, right? So how can you say a particular asset is worth this, this amount of money? Um, on a balance sheet when we know that it changes on a daily basis. So historical cost becomes the most accurate measure. So to have accuracy, so the idea that we're all feeling poorer this week yeah. is a bit of a fallacy. It is a bit of a fallacy. If you're because planning, we're not, we're not if fair you, value accounting. If you plan to sell all your shares today, yes, you would lose uh, You would lose more money than... So if you, you needed to retire today and you needed to sell your shares or whatever it is in your superannuation fund yes. to convert to cash today... Then you then would yes. be poorer. Then you would be poorer. So those that specific subset of people is poorer, not all of us in general. Yes, only those actually making trades to sell their shares. All right. Um, yeah, for the rest of us that have our money in super, provided it's being left there, eventually the market will recover. Yep. And the effect will be neutralized from whatever happens in the last Because things eventually so. move up over a long period. So yes. in I've got a 25-year horizon till retirement. Nelson, how many years till you're 65? Too long. Too long. Too long. <laughs> Too long. Talking forty years. <laughs> you know, win lot over. Forty years. <laughs> Hopefully, I can win lot before then. So, you know, I'm thinking about the twenty-five year horizon. I'm not yes. so worried about this. Yes. Why do we hear a lot of, I guess, fear mongering, sky is falling type of articles in the newspaper about the decline in the share market? Oh, it gets clicks. That's for one. It gets clicks. Right. So it's clickbait. It's, well, yeah, to some extent, it's clickbait. It, there is, you know... And who are the, the people making towards... regular trades? So obviously, for the share market to go down, people have to be willing to accept a lower price yes. to sell. Yes. And that's probably not your average long-term investor. No. Right? Not, these that, are short-term... So that's our short-term day trade, traders. Yeah, day traders that are trying to make money on a daily basis. So they and they're work. trying to use arbitrage and prediction models. Yes. To make trades. So... I guess in this situation where markets start to drop and then people start to panic or automated trading systems see things moving below certain, you know, moving yes. greater than certain levels, set. that automatically triggers trades. Yes. Does this create then a self-fulfilling prophecy in terms of the decline of the market? Uh, or does common sense prevail at some point? Well, given a lot of it is automated, so a lot of what sort of investors do is that they set their prices if it goes above this price um or if it drops below this price sell before your loss yeah, gets too big yeah they they they're, they've what they call stop loss 
positions. Okay. So once it gets to a certain point, if you want to minimize your loss, especially those that are highly levered, mm -hmm. so those that have a lot of debt, so some people will trade, say using, they'll trade $10 worth of shares but only have like a dollar or $2 of their own equity. Ah. And they'll borrow the rest from the bank or whichever institution they're actually trading with. Mm -hmm. And so the bank obviously wants to minimize their risk. Yeah. So say a $10 share um, drops to $8, that $8 belongs to the bank. They will close out that position automatically yep. and you lose your $2, mm -hmm. right? So that's... So I guess it could be sort of driving... All these automated systems could be driving things down a bit faster than if it was people yeah. trading making decisions. Yeah, I guess, yeah. And at the same time, there is concern, you know, among these investors about, you know, the, the stock market's dropping. So they'd much rather move their funds into different mm -hmm. outlets, right? So, um, so your best bet, if you're an average person, yep. don't panic. Don't panic at all. Stay where you are. Yep. Yep. And if you can afford to, as the market starts to drop, probably now's the time to buy. Yep. All right? Into managed funds or into particular stocks that you're interested in. Yep. And that'll lower your average investment price yes. per unit. And yes. you might think, well, when is the best time to buy? How do I predict the bottom of the market? I think what you need to do there... Difficult to say. It's difficult to say. So I think when it starts to decline, the key is to put in money... Small amounts, frequently. Yes. Now, I'm not saying daily, but you yep. might decide every two weeks to invest as the market starts to decline, and mm -hmm. then that'll lower your average investment cost, yep. meaning that when you sell, eventually at the end, you end up with more profit, and you're yes. not trying to time the market as such. Yeah, it's too hard to predict the market, so you're better off sort of when you see an opportunity, which is, I think it's happening right now. I don't know how much worse it might will get, but... Um, and this is not true, you know, this decline isn't triggered by a big debt crisis like we had with the GFC. It's not triggered by 9-11, so we did have some issues around 9-11. It's not triggered by the dot-com burst. No. Um, so this isn't, you know, we do have the trade war looming between the US and China. It doesn't seem to be like there's a very clear external trigger here. It's a whole no. lot of little things it's sort of building compounding up. Compounding into these, this volatility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. So a, a lot of what's happening in Australia in terms of the volatility in the stock market comes from earnings results we're in, being released. Coming up to the end of reporting season. Yeah, but we saw we got still some um, sort of some big moves from uh, major companies. And so I guess everyone's keeping their eye on the banks. Yes. So what's so, happening in the banks? So recently, National Australia Bank they posted their full year cash profit. Uh, being 14% lower. Still 5.7 billion a lot of money. But it is significantly lower on last year's results. Mm -hmm. So it seems as though they're not doing too well. So the major drivers are restructuring costs, mm -hmm. which amounted to about $530 million. What are restructuring and, costs? Uh, so costs of actually changing the sort of the organizational structure. So getting rid of divisions or changing people's roles. $503 million yeah. sounds like a lot of money on internal realignment yeah because I, I think they were dropping certain divi a, a division one of their wealth management divisions i think okay. they're trying to sell off mm -hmm. national Australia Bank and then it says MLC. repayments to customers so they've obviously overcharged customers yes. and they've been gouging well, this, revenue on this, something this is the the whole banking commission <laughs> that's you sprung to, pay it back yes you've been caught pay this back and anz ANZ, on Wednesday, they posted their worst full-year results um, in eight years. 
the cash profit fell 5% to mm-hmm. 6.5 billion. Commonwealth Bank also 4.7% down. Their full year profit was 9.7 billion. And so we're waiting on Westpac, I presume. Because uh, that's the only one of the big yes. four we don't have at the moment. I believe so. And so the question becomes how much of this is real decline in profit? And the auditor in me says, how much of this is manipulated because after being grilled in the Banking Royal Commission, what bank yep. wants to post a record record profit? Yes. So I'd be really interested after our accruals discussion last week. Yes. Right, this is I don't know whether that would work because all industry, all firms in the same industry yes. are all playing the same game because they're all affected by the same external factor of this Absolutely. investigation. Yes. So it might not look like earnings is being manipulated. Well, here's the thing, right? So a lot of these restructuring, uh, not only the restructuring costs, so a lot of these repayments to customers, you would expect that if they, they could have easily pushed it into a different financial year, they mm-hmm. could have pushed it to next year's financial year. So my guess is, at least for these restructuring, uh, these uh, customer pay- repayments, they pushed it into this financial year yep. in order to... Try and drive there. profit down. Drive profit down. Because it would just make it look a whole lot worse, right? Yeah. If they're making record profits, then it looks pretty bad. Like, we're so, still screwing you over. Yeah, we're still screwing you over. <laughs> so I, I absolutely agree. There is a, definitely a, a strong evidence to suggest that when companies are under pressure because of their high profitability um, or they've done something wrong, they will... Manage earnings downwards. They'll push their earnings downwards in order to seem... So they'll be trying to save revenue, defer revenue to next year. Yes. And bring expenses forward. I I wouldn't say that that's disconcerting, but that's how the game is played. Absolutely. And accounting policy and having accounting policy that's principles-based allows companies to make judgments and estimates. Yep. And those estimates can be used and manipulated to manipulate earnings... And the market. So, yeah. you know, it's like there's no other better system, I don't think, no. than what we've got. I, I think having very specific rules is not necessarily the way to go. But it just it feels like we can't trust the financial institutions. There is a sense of that, yes. But at the same time, we have, you know, these, these accounting sort of rules to capture the complexities of, of the market. So, mm. um, you know, these banks, a lot of their, a lot of the assets that they have in terms of um, mortgages and loans, you know, to um, individuals and families, right? A lot of that is linked to the property market. Mm. So they could argue that with... The values of those accounts the, the, receivable or loans receivable could decline. Yeah, the values of those accounts receivable or loans receivable, they, could, they can go down. Yeah. So therefore, you know, we, we can record a bigger bad debt expense, mm. effectively, yep. and we can say that's driven by the potential, potential for interest, for interest rate losses, rises, yep. um, and that's going to bring Defaults. down... Yeah, those defaults are yep. going to bring down our, pro- our profits. I'm... I'm heading to Wakoa next week, which is the World Congress of Accountants. It's mm-hmm. like the Olymp- It's not the. I, I would say I say the Olympics for accountants, but it's not because we're not competing for anything. <laughs> but it's a. Co- <laughs> can you imagine I, it? I'd love to. I'd love to see the. It's like the Invictus the, Games. Yeah, like the high jump and the, yeah. and the 15 meter sprint. You'd be surprised. I've had ex Olympians come. Th- I've had Olympians come through my subjects before in rowing yes. and a na- number of other um, sports. So you know we could. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if one of the big four firms would hire a ring-in accountant yes. <laughs> to win a medal. Just, just to win a but medal. One of the things that's big on the agenda at Wakoa next week is how do we build rebuild trust? 
in the wake of the Royal Commission, in how do we build trust moving into the future with blockchain and digital yes. technologies and yes. audit failure and accounting failure in some jurisdictions. And I'm hoping to get some really good interviews that we can uh, share with people about the future because I, I, I don't think that all accountants are bad people. We have lots of really fantastic accountants, lots of ethical people who Absolutely. are following APES mm-hmm. 110, mm-hmm. and we need to make sure that mm. that perception of the public, by yes. the public, of, of what we are and what we do and how we help people um, moves forward. So, you know, offering that aside, next second story of the week is mining companies. Yes. So, where the banks are not reporting results that are too good and, you know, we're talking about all this um, uncertainty about their future profits, which we think is a bit overstated. The mining companies are actually doing quite well. So BHP um, today just announced that they're going, they're planning to return about $14.7 billion oh, yeah. to shareholders through a off-market buyback and a special dividend. This is according to the Australian Financial Review. Um, so their year-end results were a lot better. Um, driven by... I've got lots of extra cash. A lot of extra cash, and they're planning to return it to uh, investors. So why would you do that? So if you've got cash, and th- you know, if you think about this personally, why wouldn't they just pay off debt if they've got extra cash to burn? Well, that's a good question. I mean, you only pay off debt to the extent that it's weighing down your profitability. But okay. we know that debt can be used to offset taxes. Ah, okay. So, so there's a tax reason for so wanting to keep reason. some So debt. companies like Apple, even though they have hundreds of billions of dollars in cash, they'll still hold on to some debt for just, tax just to minimize their tax expenses. All right. So you've got $14.7 billion. Why not then just give it all back to shareholders in a dividend? Why talk about buying back shares instead or as part of a, a dual strategy there? Okay, so dividends, of course, are great for shareholders because they can either get actual cash back or they can get additional shares in the company. Um, and off a buyback... A dividend reinvestment plan, sorry. For those people who think you yes. get your cash dividend or, or you can or, reinvest yes, your dividend. Or, yeah, yep. and they give you more shares. Um, so a buyback reduces the number of shares on the, on the stock market. Mm-hmm. So the company is taking shares off the stock market, yep. off the hands of individual investors. And this can improve the position of uh, the company. So your return on equity, for example, as you change the denominator, which is equity, yep. as that uh, shrinks, then your return is going to look better. Yes. And yes. your earnings per so share what does looks that better. So do, what does that do to the price of existing shares? It would... Does it make them more valuable because there's less on the market? Well, strictly speaking... Let's think of the effects here. So if you're using cash to buy back shares, presumably the net amount that you're giving away should be equivalent to so the, the actual So it should have no capacity. effect. So it should, it should net off effectively. But um, investors do see this as a signal of good governance mm-hmm. from, on one hand, where, giving, um, where companies giving money back to shareholders says that we're rewarding you. We're, we're not rewarding you we're not stealing we're not stealing this cash we're giving the cash back to you yeah we have this extra cash we're not going to waste it on unnecessary things so it's a good signal so the stock market tends to react positively okay to this information and there's got to be some self-interest there because my thoughts on this mm. i guess i'm the 
the professional skepticism of being an auditor yes. is that if you're a manager and you've got executive stock options, then reducing the amount of shares theoretically reduces what's in the pool. So if people want to buy in the future, they may have to buy at a higher price. Yes. If you buy at a higher price, that increases the value of the share. If you're an executive with stock options or share ownership, that increases your personal wealth. Yes. Obviously, you don't get that until you sell your shares, but... Yes, it's interesting because when you look at uh, the basis for executive compensation, right, a certain component is based on accounting measures, so mm. accounting measures like earnings per share and, um, and return on equity. So you could be getting a bigger bonus by yeah. decreasing so the number of shares. If you not. actually buy back the number of shares, lower number of shares means a higher earnings per share, a lower share capital amount can actually increase your return on equity. Yeah. Now, they, and there might be, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing something that increases your own personal wealth as an executive if it's in the best interest of the company. Yes. And obviously people don't say, hey, um, we're buying back shares so that we can manipulate our own bonuses and nothing else. I'm sure there's yeah. always a good reason. Yes, but there is a downside to this. And what's the downside? Well, to to the um, buyback being that... There's the potential... There's the potential that managers are more easily meeting their benchmarks. Mm-hmm. Because if you set accounting benchmarks over three or four years, these accounting benchmarks don't don't adjust for Changes buybacks. in... Ah. You know, the capital structure of the okay. company. Okay, all so right. It's it's good news, right? The uh, BHP just and take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, but take it with a grain of salt that it's not entirely um, positive in terms of uh, management incentives. All right, and BHP aren't the only mining company. Yes, we've got Rio. Uh, just I think Rio Tinto, by the way, Rio if anybody's Tinto. wondering. Um, not Rio the Underwear Company. No, are they still around? I think Rio the Underwear Company is still around, okay. but uh, no, no, no Rio really Tinto. Rio Tinto. Um, they had uh, announced a $3.2 billion share buyback as well. So another that was a, That was a couple months back. But the two of them together are kind of showing that the mining firms are basically what's driving the Australian market at this particular point. Yeah. So, And I guess that's going to continue as long as we see progress and development in other countries and demand for um, commodities and construction. Yeah. So as long as other economies and, you know, we talk about the US and... One of the things that's often talked about in investment circles is BRIC countries, which is Brazil, Russia, India, China, as economies that are still ha- still have high potential demands for yeah. commodities. So as long as we're still seeing the Brazilian, Russian, Indian, and Chinese economy going gangbusters, then that's a good possibility. Now, in Russia, obviously, you've got Putin. The government controls economic growth, so that's yeah. a you know not a free market there. Yeah. China, we've got um, very much still state controlled, and you know one of the powerhouses, one of the reasons the Chinese market is so such a powerhouse is the government's ability to influence what happens with firms. Yes. Um, so you know even international companies will say, oh look, if I want to go into China, I have to go into partnership with a Chinese company. I believe yeah. something like that Chinese company has to own fifty one percent, so you're always the minority shareholder. Yes, there's lots of issues there, but it's you know that coordinated effort in that economy mm. means growth happens in a really well organized fashion. Yeah, and that plays into these mining companies. Yeah, India 
you know, uh, has a much more democratic capitalist government. Um, the only country I'd be worried about at the moment is Brazil. So Brazil's yes. just had an election yep. and they've voted in a party and a government that is extremely far right, yep. um, that is very nationalist, anti-LGBTQ. Um, so there's going to be lots of concerns, I think, about that particular economy. Yeah. I know that what we hear from people who are living in that area um, or people who have family in that area are quite concerned about what that yes. far-right party is going to do to that economy. So that's definitely something to watch yeah. for the future. Absolutely. All right, I think that's we're a bit shorter this week than normal because I'm pressed for time. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get this edited and out um, before I start prepping for Wakawa. So if you have any questions... Definitely get in touch with us, uh, but otherwise we will. S- I we won't see you next week. No. Nelson's looking at me in shock. I, I, no, no. I, I, yes. <laughs> Nelson, it, do you want to do the podcast on your own next week? No, it'd be a bit weird. Be a bit I think I, I feel like I need someone to talk to. I tried that once before doing a podcast on my own. It's it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, just I, I just sound really sad. Um, so I will be at Wakoa all next week. <laughs> But then hopefully earlier the week uh, in the week after that, we'll be back with another episode. And I will be back with lots of stories and lots of interesting information to talk about from the World Congress of Accountants. So thanks very Excellent. much, everybody. And we will see you in two weeks. Okay. Bye. Bye.